Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and a happy Friday. I'm in studio today, so you folks don't have to listen to all the, the noise in the background from a great farm show that we got a chance to be a part of the last two days. But we got an interesting market trade once again. You know, yesterday was a lot of data dump that came across, not only from uh, Conab and USDA, but then let's just throw in Stats Canada to go in with it. we got a lot of things that we're going to look at today in these numbers, and the best person to bring in to talk about it on a Friday. Of course, we're getting those comments from Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. And I think we got to start out with Conab USDA reports that came out. What was your thoughts uh, as you looked at the Brazilian corn and soybean production production estimates? I'll get it spit out. Yeah, it was interesting to see. So let's kind of break this down. There's a few important things that we want to look at, Susan, is that, you know, Conab was out yesterday morning, and our belief would have been, and it would have been before USDA released the WASDA report, our belief is that USDA should have had, prior to them going into lockup, that information available to them and been able to take that in and factor that into the size of that Brazilian corn and soybean crop. But let's talk about the Conab estimate just a little bit. What was interesting about this Conab estimate is this, this would have been the first boots on the ground or infield observation numbers that they'd have available for the Safrina corn crop. Now, as we dig into their estimate and look at that, uh, what they were saying is that part of their reason for pulling their numbers back was one, because the first crop, and that would have been the corn crop that would have planted been, been planted back in August into September, the yields that are coming off that crop, and keep in mind that makes up about 25% of their production, that particular crop looks like the yields are coming in smaller. Now, the other side of where they're coming in with the reduced production is the fact that also on that Safrina crop, that crop that they're planting now, now depending on who you're talking to, depends on the estimate of where they're at on that crop. That crop could be, in some estimations, around 27 28% planted at this time. Now, so far, Conab's numbers that they're looking at there on the reduction of overall production would just come from what they're thinking is going to be the reduction in acres. And as we've talked about many times before, the reduction in acres is coming because of profitability in South America and either some of those individuals planting those acres. It could be the, you know, Safrina cotton. It could be to maybe some other crops, or it could be that they end up letting those acres go ahead and sit. So that was kind of the importance of, of that Conab number. Now, as we dig deeper into the numbers itself, a few interesting things. USDA would have said that starting first on corn, Brazilian corn came in at 124 million metric tons. That was down three bushel or three million metric tons compared to the January report at 127. Now, keep in mind, last year their final was a 137. So, you know, that's still down about 13 million metric tons. That's positive for the U.S. It will open up the door for more exports for us, but, you know, that's business that comes down the road. Now, in in that particular example, Conab came in down 3.9 million metric tons. So not a big difference. And the big thing I would say is that the numbers, as we compare what the numbers are from USDA to Conab, I wouldn't get so hung up on what the actual production numbers are as much as what we end up seeing for the changes. Then moving over to the Brazilian soybeans. So USDA came in at a 156. That was only down 156 million metric tons. That was only down 1 million metric tons from the January report. Now, here's where we had a big difference. Conab came in down 5.8 million metric tons. Now, that's a big difference. Now, as much as I'd like to say, 
as we see adjustments going forward, that will be enough to turn this market. Unfortunately, that probably will not be. We're going to have to have additional support coming in the market besides just that down the road to turn these markets, Susan. So talking about a turn in the markets, there's still a lot of weakness that's happening in this trade. So what's your thoughts on corn? Yeah, so on corn, if we just kind of sit back and kind of think about it, let's kind of set the table, so to speak, and see, you know, what's going on out there. Well, the funds continue to build their short position. We came off a big South American crop, and they competed with us right in through harvest, and then we had their crop planted. And even though their crop size is getting smaller, you know, we, we still have plenty of corn here in the U.S. And that's one of the big changes we're seeing in that corn market is that, where it just used to be the bean market where there was strong South American production and they could say, well, we can get beans from South America or the U.S. Now we're also seeing it in corn. And we have to remind ourselves that this past year Brazil did pass us on exports, so now they're exporting more than what we physically are. So the market looks at that and says, okay, we've got two places we can physically get corn. Now the U.S. right now, if you need corn, we're the market for corn. And and we're you know we're cheaper, probably 40, 50 cents a bushel than what you're seeing out of South America. So if there's any business to be had, we can get it. But the funds are still continuing to lean into this market and push us down lower. And we just haven't got to that point in time in here where we would physically say, you know what, we've got either enough concern about that South American crop or we're over where we're worried about U.S. weather. Now, what's really interesting from a technical perspective, if we just kind of dig in and look at the charts a little bit, you know, I I had been encouraged by what the the corn market had been coming down and kind of as we look at a weekly continuous chart, it had been coming down and, and finding some support. But unfortunately, Susan, ever since we had the crop report come out, we have set some new lows. We broke through kind of our our support line we had on our bottom side. We also broke through some support that really would originate from highs that would have taken us clear back into the last days of where the market would have been in like November, late November of 2020. Now, if this market does get confirmation as we move forward on this weakness that we had, in the short term, that opens up the door to still see some downward pressure on this market yet. How much more? Could be 10 or 15 cents lower yet. But what I would say is that if we have enough time and that if our time horizon is where we can get out, say, past planning, get more items in here for information, I do feel pretty confident that we'll have a chance to sell this market at higher levels than where we're at today. It's just going to take some time. And don't be surprised if we see some additional weakness before that happens, Susan. All right, we'll stick around. We've got more coming up. The Channel Final Bell continues after this on the Rural Radio Network. A Best of Both Worlds product portfolio is one of the aspects to look forward to from the new Channel brand in 2025. Here's Matt McGuire, new Channel dealer from Wisner, Nebraska. With bringing in Fontenelle and Channel together, I think that our portfolios will also be second to none, especially on the corn side. It'll fill holes for both companies that customers may have seen there before, and I think it's just going to uh, make us really rock solid on the corn side. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Pro in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. Jeff, of course, is with Heartland Farm Partners. I'm going to quickly plug, Jeff's going to be joining us on the weekend report as well, which you can see on Saturday morning. But having said that, should we have concerns? Where are we when it comes to the safrina corn crop? And is it too early to be really talking about it, Jeff? Well, 
you know, we can we continue to talk about it only because, you know, it's getting, um, so far it appears it's getting put in a good time, but we know as basically as they get into harvesting some of those later soybeans that I think the planting pace will slow up. So, no, I don't think it's too early to talk about it. Unfortunately, though, I do think it's probably too, too early for the market to pay a lot of attention at this point yet. Uh, the big concern is on the acre side, as we'd mentioned earlier, but yield-wise, it's a little too soon. There is a lot of potential, though, where the crop could get hurt because we know it's all a matter when that dry season hurts. But that dry season kicks in, whether that's uh, you know in April or May, but we'll watch that really close. So what do you think about the soybean market at this point? Well, the soybean market, you know, has continued, if you think about it. The South America had a really big crop. Uh, they were very competitive with us, and uh, they've had some problems, you know, obviously – it looked like this crop is getting smaller. But the thing that we have to realize that overall out of South America, when you take into account Brazil and Argentina and Paraguay, Uruguay, uh, even Bolivia, as you bring that all together, what we would say is that they, they're still going to have plenty of bushels. And as a result of that, the funds, once they sold, started selling that market off, you know, about the middle of November, they went from being along that position to probably now, you know, getting close to maybe being, you know, short and, uh, you know, 85, 90,000 contracts, which gets to be a big position for them. Uh, it sure appears that they're going to continue to put a little more pressure on this market, but there is some encouraging things that I'm seeing. As we dig in and look at the technical side of this market, the price action the last few days, so let's think about this. You know, when they increased out of the WASDA report yesterday, when they ended up increasing the ending stock numbers, you know, bringing them up about 35 million bushels and still not getting the lower trade yesterday compared to where the prior day low was, that that was impressive. And now today, even though we've had a little lower market, what we see happening is that we're getting a little bit higher lows happening. And what's also aiding that some is we are getting a little bit of follow-through strength over there on the soybean oil market and a little bit also in the soybean meal market so those things are coming together to help us so it actually kind of feels like it even though i didn't think it'd be the bean market first it may be this bean market that's actually kind of trying to turn the corner first here susan all right you talk turning corners jeff i mean what is it going to take to get both corn and beans to see some higher numbers at this point yeah, as we, we look at that, uh, demand changes, there won't be enough of a change there. So really it has to come back to the supply side. So if you think about the supply side, the two things that impact that supply side is the amount of acres that we have and what the yields are going to be. And so we would really have to see some reduced yield talk coming out of that safrina corn crop uh, in which we're getting that. Then we're going to have to see some um, poor weather down there on that safrina crop. And the, the problem is right now, Susan, is that's a little ways away yet. And so the funds continue in their short position until they start buying back that position. And, and ultimately the weather is just not there yet. And then we come over to the U.S. side. You know, we've got the USDA's outlook forum that's going to happen next week on Thursday and Friday. That will give us a look according to their models, what they think acres are going to be. Um, they've already kind of shown their hand on yields, uh, 181 on the corn side, 52 on the beans. We'll see if that's what they use. And then on the uh, demand side, they'll end up probably making some you know, minor adjustments from what this past year has been, but it probably won't be really too much. So we'll get a chance to see their numbers there. So then we have to look at the U.S. acre situation. But unfortunately, our opinion is, is that we think there's a chance we could see 
between corn and soybean acres being down, you know, four, four and a half million acres compared to where they were last year. But we don't see a lot of talk about that out there in the industry. And unfortunately, I don't think we'll see anything like that in the outlook numbers. I don't even think we'll see anything like that maybe in a prospective planning number. So that type of information probably won't make its out way out until we get out there, you know, after after planning. So, uh, but those are the type of things that we'd have to see, uh, you know, those big changes in the supply to get this thing to turn, Susan. So is corn undervalued at this point? Well, as we dig in, the best way for us to look at that would be to look at that stocks-to-use ratio. And the current stocks-to-use ratio in the old crop corn is at 14.9%. And when we go back and look at basically on the July futures, one week after the February WASD, where would we normally see the price end up being with a 14.9% stocks-to-use? And when we adjust those numbers for inflation, that would suggest that, you know, we're sitting in that 416 area is what fair value would be. Now, what we know is that currently we're sitting there and more likely in the 450. So there's, there's from the fundamental side, we'd have to say that the market's currently overvalued. The only thing I do have to mention is that back in 09, a similar year to where it was on the stocks to use, crude oil price was about $39. So it is different now, Susan. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? You bet. Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's channel final bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. And as always, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network.